This episode of the Cutting Edge Podcast is brought to you by GlassGadget.com. Showcase Innovations creates tools that help shower door installers be more efficient and save time. Check out GlassGadget.com for more information. I just want to, you know, welcome the rest of the, the group to our uh, our Facebook Live right now. Um, you know, 5.30 on Wednesdays, we we do this. And if you haven't checked it out before, stick around. It, uh, find, I think you'll find it to be pretty interesting. Um, yeah, this, this month's unit on uh, Slick is all about uh, installing neo-angle enclosures. And so the clinic happens at 5 o'clock Pacific time, the third Thursday of every month. So that is tomorrow. It's the third Thursday of this month. So we'll be doing our, our clinic at 5 p.m. tomorrow. So if you're not a member of Slick yet, it's not too late to join up. So you can just go to glassgadget.com, click on Slick, tell you all about it. You can sign up. It'll be awesome. And uh, the clinic's a lot like this. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the unit, and then we'll just talk about other stuff. Um, but uh, we've got several guys who, who are involved in the in the group now. It's, it's turned turning to be a, a pretty cool group. So anyway, um, we're just talking a little bit about, you know, how to recruit employees, you know, and uh, some tips and tricks for, for finding help, you know. And um, Bill Dobbin was just uh, chiming in, said he had uh, some stuff to talk about on this topic, I think. Is that right, Bill? I do. And it's really interesting. And now it depends on the scale of the size of your business and what kind of time you have. But I'm on the local economic development council board. And our goal and our vision was to help local businesses expand and retain employees. So one of the projects that I took on and I'm quarterbacking is a function called workforce signing day which is similar to when high school athletes get a day to go to college and they get a scholarship to go play football or basketball, they have a big function in the gymnasium and they have a signing day. So the kid commits to Michigan University and a representative from Michigan gives them a shirt and a hat and they celebrate that. So what we're gonna do in Lee County, which encompasses Fort Myers, Cape Coral, quite a bit of area, is we're gonna have workforce signing day. So kids that are coming out of high school that are going directly into the workforce, and it doesn't matter if it's a hotel, restaurant, trades, uh, McDonald's, it doesn't really matter. If they're going directly into the workforce, we're gonna have a big celebration day for them. And we're gonna mate up the students with the future employers. So if he's going to work for a car dealership, he'll get a, a Chevrolet shirt and whatever that dealership is if he's gonna be a heating air conditioning guy. Now the, the beauty of what we're doing is because I'm quarterbacking it, it's gonna be held at our location. So it's gonna be at the glass shop. And we're expecting between 150 and 200 students throughout Lee County that are going directly into the workforce. And there's other students that are looking for work. And again, we're trying to make them up with employers that are looking for help. So it's a, it's a big collaborative, but we're getting so much free press out of it because the press loves it. And it's going to be the first event after COVID. So after they've been shutting down, they haven't had any, any in-person events uh, in over a year. So they're going to use this as a test. You know, they're going to be very cautious of social distancing and sanitary uh, 
disposal and, and social distancing. But if it works out well, they're going to go to live graduations this year. So we're kind of like under the microscope as school department. But if we pull it off, it's going to be a big deal. So I'll be recording it. But the reason I wanted to share it with the group is you can do the same thing on a smaller scale with your local chamber of commerces. Uh, get involved with the chamber and say, look, I got this idea. And let's try and made up these high school kids with somebody looking for jobs, whether it's accounting or office help or even a wait staff at local hotels and restaurants. But you're going to find a couple that really want to get into the trades and make some serious money. And you'll be able to benefit from your hard work of putting this thing together. Good job, Bill. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be, be great. And at the same time, you're, you're, you know, you're serving the whole community. I mean, not yeah. just recruiting people for your business, but helping other business people in your area recruit for their businesses too. Yeah, is that, that a national association or just local? No, this is just through our economic development council, local, but almost every community has an economic development council or chamber of commerce or both, depending on the size of it. But the EDC is, it's just perfect for that. So, uh, Governor DeSantis, who's getting really well known across the country, is a big proponent of jobs and job creation. So we've got an invitation out to him to come to this event because this is really his, uh, his pet project. That's so really we've got cool. an invitation out to him and a few other dignitaries in the area to event. I'll send it on to Max Perlstein. I'm sure he'll, he'll put a blog out about it. Max is the man. He is. He knows everybody. He does. And he gets the word out really quick. Oh, yeah. Hey, I'm glad you brought up Max because, you know, the other day uh, I was at doing an installation and uh, I plugged in Max's um, podcast. Yeah. And, dude, it was really, really good. He does a podcast. I think he does one a month and he'll have like three different people from the industry. Yeah. I mean, just totally different part of of the glass industry you know just do a little interview so it's kind of like i don't know 10 minutes or 15 minutes with with each one and um if you're not getting that podcast it's uh from the fabricator max perlstein's podcast if you're not listening to that you should really check it out it's it's pretty cool and it gives you some insight into you know what's going on in the industry you know um not just our little segment of the industry but kind of the greater industry so a little plug for max's podcast i want to know why he's not here in the group <laughs> yeah you know that's right where's that guy this is my first time hearing of this max Perlstein. oh um, i feel like i'm i'm behind the eight ball here are you Holy kidding man. me he's the yeah. man he's he like is, the glass all over here taking notes max Perlstein get to know him you know Yep. From the fabricator. I mean, he's got a blog that's, that's run for, I don't know how long, um, many, many years. He knows everybody. I mean, he's introduced me to so many people in the industry and just, he's salt to the earth, man. I mean, I've never heard anybody say a bad word about Matt Perlstein and they better not. Let me <laughs> <say>. <laughs> um, before everyone uh, hopped on, Craig had brought up a really good point about recruiting and hiring about going after carpenters um, just because they have like more of like skilled trade problem solvers. They like to build things. Um, I don't know. That kind of kind of resonated well with me. So I didn't know if we were live yet. I wanted to repeat that for everybody else. Um, 
Yeah, that's a great point. I, I, you know, that makes a lot of sense, really. Somebody already knows how to read a tape measure, um, pick something up, uh, use a power tool. <laughs> you got all the skills, man. Yeah, just don't let them use the nail gun when putting their glass joints together. <laughs> no wood glue. Exactly. So who's got another kind of creative tip for for recruiting qualified help? Well, what we've done in the what we've done in the past is, you know, I we go out to eat a lot, and a lot of the servers they got sucky hours, and we mm -hmm. just get to know the people and say, hey, look, if you're looking for full time work, we can have your nights off and go play with your buddies. Uh, you might want to look into this because it's a lot better than serving tables and working till 10, 11 o'clock on. You know, they're working hours that we're off. Anybody mm -hmm. in the entertainment business, if it's hotels, valet services, any of those guys, I think they would really like to work a normal, you know, eight to five day as opposed to, you know, starting at five and working till 10 at night. Mm -hmm. To just try and look for personalities and somebody's dedicated and offer them a job. And we've been successful with that. Yeah, we've done it with like, baggers and stuff from the grocery stores and stuff they're hustling around all the time and usually pretty good some of them so we've gotten a couple kids from that if you play golf the guys at the golf course are really good whether it's the baggers yeah. or even some of the pros they don't make a lot of money in the golf industry mm -hmm. or the assist assistant pros i should say yeah <laughs> golf right. industry guys are really good they're smart yeah, you know, and a great thing about like in the hospitality industry is that you get a chance to kind of see what a person's attitude is like. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. you know, and, and that's such a huge part of, of a good employee is just having a good attitude, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, we tell our installers all the time is, you know, half your job is installing, the rest of it is acting. You, mm -hmm. You got to come in and you got to introduce yourself to the people right away and take their defenses down. Because if you don't, they think you're sneaking and they're going to be over your shoulder the whole installation. You go in there, you make them feel at ease that you know what you're doing. And sometimes you don't, but you got to fake it. Mm -hmm. But it, it's a big deal to, to really have that rapport with the customer. Then their defenses are down and they're not so picky over the little things. And they make more tips, which I don't want to know anything about. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's the thing, too, is like I worked in the hospitality industry. You know, whenever I was out of the glass industry, I was kind of in the, working in the restaurant industry. And one thing about working in, in a restaurant is like, you, you know, you work for somebody who you don't like and then you don't get paid. Whereas in the glass industry you might work for someone you don't like, but at least you get paid every time. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it, it makes me think about something I, I always talk about, and it's just the psychology. And I think that's what, you know, Bill is kind of alluding to is people are, are psychological creatures, right? I mean, a lot of the the job has to do with how you make people feel mm -hmm. and there's you know there's doing the work and doing a good job you know and, and all the, the the trappings that you know showing up on time you know having a good attitude but it's just knowing how people think 
and work and being able to, you know, appeal to them on a human level, know what they're looking for and, and how to give them, you know, what they're looking for and, and make them, you know, and make it a good experience for them. Yeah, because like a lot of times it's not always tied to money. Um, a lot of people could be looking for something that's totally non-related to money. I know like one of my best employees at Ames is um, not uh not money driven whatsoever like his favorite part about his job is like helping customers or even helping other people that work for us like solve in-house problems like um and those are cool people to have in your thing but like if you tried to sweeten the pot and like say well if you do this i'll get you a raise like that's not really going to motivate him um so knowing people's personalities so you can know how to motivate them to get you know the best the best person for your dollar you know yeah, exactly. The other thing we instituted, and I guess it depends on the size of your business, but we're giving out referral uh, money to our current employees to bring in other employees. Um, we're doing 250 bucks. We'll give them a hundred bucks immediately when they get somebody that gets hired. The other 150 after the guy makes it 90 days to make sure he's not mm -hmm. a slug but he gets the other 150 on his 90th day on the job. That way that guy's secured and the one that brought him in, you know, at least got a hundred right away and he gets the other 150 later. That's turned out really good. We instituted that about six months ago. And I think we've got 15 employees by instituting that. Nice. And they were good ones too. They really were. Uh, there's some service office, uh, try and get some veterans too that are coming back looking for work. And there's organizations you can contact that their job is to try and place veterans. That's, that's another opportunity to look at. We did that uh, in, in Awesome for a good while and had some decent luck, but then also had some um, off some bad luck as well. But um, the yeah, recruiters were sending us stuff. It's crazy. Like uh, if you're in play of the commercial game, you get recruiters sending you top tier employees in your email inbox all day, all day every day, you know? Yeah. Um, For only $150,000. That's all they want, right? Yeah. <laughs> so the, the job market's really tight here now. And, you know, when we send guys into homes, we have to do background checks, drug screening checks, both for our insurance and driving our vehicles and going into a home. And uh, if they have a felony, we can't hire them. But I know, I've got a good friend that's in the concrete business. And he told me right now he's taken up the two felonies. <laughs> Three's the line. Three's the line. Yeah. But I'll take two. <laughs> the government actually gives you a tax credit for hiring felons. <laughs> yeah, hiring uh, guys out on parole or just released. Yeah, they do. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah and if somebody does, somebody doesn't have to go into somebody's home, then you, you know there's not that much of a liability there, right? Yeah, we take them in the factory. We can put them in the factory, but we just can't send them out to homes. What's up, Dan? How are you guys? Nice and cold up north, Dan? It's not too bad right now. I think it was in the 60s today. I was I down the shore. Yeah, Minnesota had snow yesterday. I saw the Red Sox game. Oh. It was snowing there. We had a little dusting here in Denver last night, but it was warm today. Yeah. So how are you guys doing as far as turnover goes with employees? I mean, are, are you able to maintain, you know, employees? Are you able to keep them around? We hold them. That's never the problem. Like holding them is, is easy. <laughs> um, they won't go away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't make them leave. 
Even the ones that quit for the grass is greener, they're always like, hey, man, I made a bad mistake. And they want to call me personally on my cell phone. Like, you know, I just I, I cut myself short. I thought it was going to be better. And I'm like, yeah, that's what you get for chasing a dollar, man. Like, sorry. Like, you know, come back in a year. Maybe it'll still I'll, maybe I'll feel differently. <laughs> you don't yeah. really do that. Dude, I I, would, if someone just left just uh, for chasing a dollar, I'm not going to bring them back. Definitely. Yeah. I, I think it's worth it. Yeah. Loyalty. Loyalty means a lot, doesn't it? Loyalty definitely means a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely when you're trying to build something, you know, like everyone on this call, the reason you're all showing up is because you're trying to build something big, something cool, something, a legacy and stuff like that. And like, you can't do that without key players, people you can put your trust and your confidence behind, you know? Um, so that loyalty really means something compared to all these guys that want to go get a new job every six months for 50 cents an hour, a dollar an hour. And it's just like, you're, they're just not seeing the big picture. And sometimes I just want to put it on a map and like show it to them, you know? <laughs> right. You know, no, those kinds of decisions reveal something about a person's character too, you know, and their, their decision-making abilities, I mean, you need people who can make smart decisions and see the long game. And those are all things, you know, those are all character traits that get revealed. Well, And you also think, is it like the younger tradition, like a new iPhone comes out every six months and you want the new iPhone and then they change the model truck every year. So you want the new truck, right? So it's like, it's ingrained in your head to like always want new. They're getting new. They're mm -hmm. being entertained and not being bored at all times. So like, how do you how do you make sure that they stay like entertained at your place and don't go chasing that shiny object? Mm -hmm. We don't even like hiring glass guys anymore. Right. <laughs> like the, if you say that you have experience, that's like a negative to me. I feel like, like I'm anybody right who's in this industry is just, they're just all rough, rough humans. Our, this pandemic allowed me to get, people from all types of industries and every single person that doesn't claim to have background in glass has been the best in, like employees and installers I've ever had. But if, if you say you've been working at a glass company, they're the people who are late twice in the first week of work, you know, or whatever. They're the ones in jail and all the other stuff. It's crazy. <laughs> so true. So it's not just Florida, huh? Everybody has that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, that's why I think like something as powerful as this group right here, like we can kind of change that stigma and kind of mm -hmm. make this, uh, if we keep working at this together, um, it could be a lot bigger than just us joining up on Wednesday nights. We could collaborative make something that attracts people to our industry nationwide. Um, yeah. I don't think it's going to happen overnight. But I think us meeting up like this and communicating and talking about the problems and solving those problems together, um, we can make enough noise in the industry to, to attract some good players into our world and change the stigma. Yeah, you know, I was thinking something right along those lines just before you said that, Chance, about just uh, how, the, how different this is. Just us having this discussion than things have been in the industry my entire life. I mean, all of my experience, uh, and I, you know, I did an apprenticeship. I was a union glazer. You know, I've, um, you know, did an apprenticeship, you know, was out with the journeyman, 
or various journeymen, you know, who were supposed to teach me the trade and some did and some didn't. And, and uh, people had, you know, attitudes about their skills or craft or their knowledge about, you know, guarding it, being afraid for other people to find out, you know, their secrets and stuff like that. And, um, and how harmful that, that was to the industry and not really just the industry, but to that individual, you know, mm -hmm. we really rob ourselves when we're selfish, you know, and it's something that selfish people don't, don't get, and they never will that, um, you know, uh, the old thing, like you, you can't keep what you have unless you give it away. And, um, and just this process of getting together kind of around this table here and talking and comparing notes and, and giving each other, you know, advice, you know, I think is something really um, that has incredible potential to, to change things in our industry. And we need it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it reminds Brandon me of that always, saying. Go ahead, Chance. No, Brandon always says, pass the knowledge like a hot potato. The more you can pass off the knowledge that you know, I'm surprised he didn't jump in or be and say that. He says it so much. But, <laughs> right. Um, pass it off like a hot potato. People are so scared to share it, but the people that train and teach it, the more you can train and teach it, the more value you're going to have in any industry, in any facility. So you're going to get moved up. You're going to be seen as a commodity. Like this guy not only knows how to do it, but he's multiplying himself time and time again. Mm -hmm. um, he's a lot more valuable player than the guy that just knows how to do it, but doesn't know how to teach anyone else to do it his way. Um, and, you know, so I share that, share that knowledge. There's a, yeah, I don't know, I don't know who said it. I mean, I'm, I'm stealing it from somebody with the old saying, you know, what if we develop our people when they leave and the, the alternatives, what if we we don't develop them and they stay? Yeah. You know, it's, it's yeah. as far as passing knowledge on. That's, yeah, there's a, a big guy in like the tech world, Gary Vaynerchuk, but he always says, you can give 99.9% .9 of all of the stuff you know, all the knowledge you know, give it away for free. You can give your entire business plan away for free um, because people have too big of egos and they're not going to execute and take action. Everyone just talks and they get so stuck and caught up in the way they do things that no matter, you could say, hey, I got a $100 million glass business plan that if you just execute this, step by step without veering away from the plan in 10 years you'll own a hundred million dollar glass company and everyone on this you know that's listening on the facebook live everyone would go as soon as they got to step two yeah that sounds good but i'm going to do it a little bit different and i'm going to change it up and it's going to be better even though this dude promised you a clear outline uh, you know everyone's gonna change it up so you can give it all away so sharing all of our knowledge on here none of us have any tricks that no one else hasn't tried or is trying, you know, like um, some of us are just better at executing on them and saying no to more things so we can say yes to the right things like we were talking about right. earlier. Yeah, and that's that's kind of, it's kind of like that. I mean, there's, um, you know, Bruce Lee used to do this thing when he would teach a new student and he would take um, like a glass of water and, um, and, and say, you know, this glass of water is like everything, you know, and it's like, and just fill it up to the very brim. And it's like, there's no way I'm going to get into, into you what I need to get, you know, the new information in, unless you get the old information out, you know, and it's like by, um, 
by giving away what you what you have, what you know, you're actually making room, you know, in your brain for new information. And uh, you know, if you just kind of hunker down and like say, oh, this is you know, this is my information, and I'm not gonna tell anybody. It's my secret. It's like you're stuck with that. Yeah, I mean, you'll never have anything more than that. You know, it's like the hole you receive through is never bigger than the hole you give through. <laughs> you need a bigger hole. Heck yeah. Uh, I really like that. That water analogy was, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I never heard of that one. I know like the Bruce Lee saying where he says, I, I fear the man that does the same kick 10,000 times compared to the man that knows practice, or the, the man that practiced the same kick 10,000 times compared to the man that practiced 10,000 kicks one time. Mm-hmm. Simplify. That guy, that guy was awesome. Yeah, we're, we're the greats. Where's the Bruce Lees of the glass business? Right, right. that's you. Mm-hmm. Phil's out there somewhere. <laughs> so is there anybody here who's like really having a having a hard time retaining uh employees that has big turnover problems everyone on here is anyone checking the live the chat the oh yeah theme? i'm watching yeah. it perfect yeah any questions out there in the greater group area just go ahead and put them in the comment section if you want yeah, for us, the big thing we've been working on is just is recruiting right now. Um, mm-hmm. Growing like crazy, trying to recruit. Um, they, I think Brandon's been interviewing like two people a day or something like that in Phoenix right now or something. Um, so yeah, trying. Always, always interviewing. See what's out there. It's only going to get worse. The busier we get, everyone gets Something that we've really been trying to do is just constantly be recruiting. So we're like always have ads out. We're always hiring. Um, it does take like a little bit of an HR adjustment and everything. And I know that's harder for some of the small guys. But even if you can like, hey, apply, you can respond to them through text message to keep it easy. Um, and then the ones that you do like set up Zoom interviews. You don't have to meet with anybody. You meet them on Zoom like we're doing right now after work on the weekends. Um try to keep you like two or three good candidates in in your pocket that you can pick from. So you're not just like, Hey, we're so busy. I need to hire the next, uh, you know, the next guy that walks through the door so I can have an extra set of hands. Cause I feel like that's when most of us hire is out of desperation. Um, and those hires never work out well. They don't last long. You don't want to put your efforts into training them. Um, but I think like most of the time, nobody's hiring until they just need hands desperately. Right. Mm-hmm. So we we got to put all of our installers through a test or a potential installers through a test. I give them a written test and a verbal test, but we have different lengths of channel laid out there, different parts. We're asking them to measure it, tell us what the measurement is. We give them fraction tests to see if they can uh, find the lowest common denominator and make those uh, subtractions. So if they're out in a job and a guy tells them to take three quarters of an inch off, can they figure it out? Do they know what's got to come back at? Can they read the tape measure? So we do give them some of those tests before we even get them to the second interview. And it weeds out a lot of people. It really does. I also try and have them write a, a paragraph or two about what they expect out of the job just to see if they can write, see if they can read and write. 
So we don't tell them what to do. We have them read a paragraph, explain what to do, and then see if they do it. Because there are a lot of guys that are illiterate and you don't realize it till after a week or two or you have them write a report about the job. How did it go? Was it an incomplete? What was wrong? And then you find out that they can't even write and they'll make every excuse. Oh, I forgot. I called it in. And, and you're realizing you're really working with somebody that needs an awful lot of help and shouldn't have been hired to begin with, or at least not put into that position. My favorite, my favorite question in an interview is asking if they know how to read a tape measure. When they respond yes, then you give them the what's three sixteenths plus five eighths or something like that, and see if they. And then they pause and they're like, uh, <laughs> maybe you right. don't know tape measure. Because if they don't know fractions, they can, and if they know how to read a tape measure, they can do fractions by just subtracting it by using a right. tape measure as a calculator. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you just want to see if they have any kind of awareness at all. Yep. What do you guys, what are you guys running for trucks? So I, I see on the Facebook page, all different types of trucks out there. We just got trucks and to the Ford transits. So that's what we're using now. We had the pro masters and now we're into the transits, right? Yeah, we, had the, we had the pro masters in the beginning when they came out, the bodies don't hold up like the Fords do. The Ford makes a stiffer body. They hold more weight. They're, yeah. they're just, it's just a better vehicle, and we switched. People at Ford said they changed the industry. Like they've changed the entire service industry on like how they're maintaining and keeping fleet stock and stuff like that. It's been a huge shift. So there's there's discussions out there that there's guys that go to Enterprise uh, and buy their transits through there, and they get it fully outfitted. And now you don't need to buy them and you can just lease it. And even if you go over to mile, it's just no big deal. They have a really good commercial leasing program. That's what we so does, uh, So Ford offers a track lease program. I have a couple vehicles that I lease from them. Unlimited miles. Uh, you can do like a six year lease or whatever, and then yeah. pay like a hundred dollars at the end of your thing as a final payment to own the vehicle. Yeah. But you can give it back at any time. So you can you can lease it for five months and turn around and be like, oh, I don't need it anymore. And you can give the vehicle back fully really? outfitted. Yeah. Um, my, they'll call my glass truck and put the rack on there and everything for you before you yeah. get it. And some of the racks they're keeping in inventory at some of their bigger facilities. Like we're in Austin at one location and their Houston facility has racks in stock of some, the Ohana brand and the, uh, and the, some of my glass truck brands. So that way, whenever they, someone buys one, they can outfit it get it to you even quicker and then they'll just rebuy stock from my glass truck so you're carrying glass outside your truck you're not putting it in the transit we, we carry it in and out but sometimes we do big big glass that won't fit on the inside so we'll use windshield racks on the inside of the vans yeah and all the shower doors and then you know large mirrors or large piece of glass we have on the outside okay have you tried any of the, the pull-out rack bill the inside van pull-out lean rack yeah it's so we expensive yeah, I looked at them early on. We've kind of got a neat setup now where they haven't been doing that. And on the monster pieces, I just have D3 with the big delivery truck deliver it right to the job site. Yeah. I really don't like putting racks on the outside of the vans. I just don't yeah, like it. I'm not a big fan of it either. Um, but try to we do a lot of big glass. A lot of big glass. A lot of big wine fillers out here. So we have big glass gets installed every day. So. I love it when the competitors do it though, because I can see the labels and I can see who they're going to and what jobs they're going to. Right. You guys using purchase orders or customer names on your jobs? Use purchase orders. Yeah. Yes. A lot of the smaller guys are still putting customer names. So you'll see if it's the customer came in your showroom two weeks ago, 
You gave him an estimate. <laughs> I learned I learned early on too. Whenever we install glass, even if it's a big job on a uh, like a commercial railing or something, that we pull all of our tags off when we're done installing mm -hmm. it. They don't sit on the glass, so people can't go back and look and check stuff out. So see where I came from. How about on, if you go out for estimates and you see somebody else got pencil marks or tape marks all over the threshold, so you know there's somebody been there before you. Yeah, we, we usually I used to when I was measuring a long time ago. I'd bring it up. Um, I don't know if any of my guys bring it up, but I, I would bring it up. Yeah. Why um, not? Yeah. Obviously they didn't go with them. So it's either price or they didn't like the person. Yeah. And that's usually what I would say. I was like, oh, it looks like someone already measured this before. Did you not like what they were offering or what, what brings me out here? <laughs> exactly. Everything yeah. now is we do everything pre-sold. So it's pre-sold. So if I get out there and there was something like that, I would ask and they'd be like, yeah, you came in, I saw your ad, and then so we, you gave us a price and we liked the customer service better, so we just went with you guys, even if we weren't like cheaper um, and it was more expensive. They just liked like the whole, the flow of things. Yeah. Hey, so backing up a little bit, you started talking about um, leasing trucks. And did you, did you say enterprise? Yeah. Enterprises, Tom Whitaker told me this yesterday. That's what he's been doing. And you tell them what you want for racks and they'll set it all up for you. They'll send it out to Adrian Steele. They'll yep. get all the racks set up for you. You tell them the way you want it. It'll be delivered to you that way. Ford too, you can go straight to straight mm -hmm. to Ford and they'll, it's the same. They'll so get it for you and then lease it to you. So with my Ford guy, it. I call my Ford guy and say, hey, I need a van. He literally doesn't take, he has all, they already have all my information from the vehicles I buy. They literally give me a, is this a good price? Yep. They come to my office. I sign paperwork and they deliver the vehicle to me. Um, Never even go to Ford. It is, that, that's your local dealer? Yeah. It's a local, my local fleet dealer that I built a relationship with. Yep. Cool. The last five trucks we bought, they just de delivered onto our front door, just like showed up and you work, come to the morning and before everyone else shows up to work, they're there, you're done, keys are handed. They're like, all right, thanks. And then they get an Uber or someone carpooled them over there and they took off. Yeah, uh, leasing, no more, le leasing the vehicle, box. right? Leasing the vehicle is nice just because you can always have, I'm a big fan of having new vehicles. I think our oldest vehicle is a 2016. Everything everything from there is, is uh, 2019 and 2021. Um, but just having a nice fleet because we do really, you know, we're in $25 million homes. So pulling up with an old 1996, you know, van. Well, nice oil just isn't. Yo, take it easy, man. Too. That's what I ride in. <laughs> take it easy. When you know that the, the van's newer, it's not going to be in the shop and broken down. And then you got a workhorse down and you're trying to figure things out and like borrow one of your employees' trucks to throw an A-frame in the back or something like you know, uh, new, newer vehicles help with that. So, um, so are you guys getting them lettered or, or wrapped or? Yeah, it I, we fully wrap all ours. Fully oh, so wrap them. You can even work the wrap into the lease. Then? What's that, Greg? You getting them wrapped before they're delivered or after? Uh, usually, I'll um, I'll wrap them. I don't get mine outfitted. I can. I outfit them myself. I just we just put one inside rack in there and then order the rack from my glass rack or my glass rack. Shout out to Jersey. But, uh, we'll, uh, take it. we have a local company that wraps it for us. But they will, like, you can, like, Ford, we're getting two new ones right now in Austin, and 
they're like, you want to work the wrap into the lease? And we just rolled yeah. it right in. And so they're going to show up wrapped already and all that with the racks and all that. First time doing it that way. Um, but it'd be kind of cool to see. I tell you, if anyone needs trucks, you better get them now because there is a chip shortage on that too. We had to go to Colorado. We had to go to Phoenix to buy the last two trucks because yeah. we couldn't get one in the whole state of Colorado, like months after months, looking and looking. So yeah. Brandon's guy. The, Ams, the four transits are uh, they're hard to get right now. They're still hard to get. And Amazon actually has the first shipment going to them from the factory. Um, they purchased all of them up. So and that's why we went. We ended up, Bezos. We ended up uh, getting a truck, an F-250 um, for our bigger jobs because we carry base shoe and stuff like that so you can't it's harder to carry on the vans so we end up just going and getting an f-250 just because we couldn't find a van that's all we're running Bill, does anybody going, use uh, any box trucks sorry i know some guys down in florida that do like the impact glass and stuff like that that'll do the full units and they they run some box trucks just to carry all those units and stuff like that but I don't know any glass guys. Bill, are you going the mid-high ones or the the full height? I've got a couple of each. Uh, no, I've got I've got two full height ones, and the rest of them are the mid-high. Yeah. And the reason is some of the full height ones on the high rises they can't get under the parking area. Yeah. But then the guy's got to carry glass in from a long distance. And it's a I used to work in uh, high rises in Houston back in the day, and my my boss, uh, he wouldn't get new trucks because he had these 1994 single cab trucks that were low to the ground, and he had these low body steel racks put on them, where the rack pretty much drug the ground, um, but it was still a six foot tall rack, so it went up above, but we could go inside the parking garages um, with the glass, so it was like, they were game changers, so he was like, I'm not getting no big F-250, and then you got to haul the glass <laughs> up elevators and flip it around corners, he was like, I could take yeah. that right up on my truck, and uh, so he kept those 94 pickup trucks for... Yeah, we used to use uh, the old Toyotas, the, the dually Toyotas that they had with the Welgo racks on them that were super small, short, yeah. down in San Diego to get in parking garages and stuff. You see the people like in Australia, they're not Toyotas, but they use a lot of those like flatbed trucks and stuff like that for in other countries for their glass trucks. Great having your rack really low to the ground too because you don't have to lift the glass as high to get on and off the yeah and, and all the new racks you know if you put a bed you put a rack on a bed it doesn't support that much weight like and i think it's only like a 300 pound limit you're supposed to support on a bed rack so like our 2016 2500 chevy that we have it's a chassis mounted welgo rack so it it holds a lot more weight um that's just the workhorse so a lot of people don't even touch it like when people install those racks themselves, they won't even install the brackets. So then you start seeing their tailgates separate <laughs> and all that good stuff because they half-ass did it probably like they did their job. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a guy put a glass rack up on the rain rail, you know, the water rail up on the top, and it just started peeling the roof off. So right at the seam where the roof comes across to the vertical edge, they, they just clamped it on right there all the way to the glass, just started peeling the sheet metal right off. <laughs> took a uh, overhang off of a Burger King as soon as I got my license <laughs> going through the drive-thru one day. My son Dr did that. I saw, a picture, I saw a picture the other day online of a, a full-size commercial um, flash truck. Like, you know, the big, big one. I'm sure you have it, right? Bill, the big... Uh, 
yeah, big frame, one that you can put it in the center, two in the back. Yeah. It, it was on the East Coast, and it was overloaded with IGs, and the whole rail just snapped, and all the oh. IGs came crashing down. Like, it just gave out. Wow. It was pretty wow. intense. Well, I saw a video you posted the other night of somebody trying to put a window unit in, like, a high-rise, and they lost it and came down about six floors. Didn't you post I think that? that was Dustin. You? Dustin Anderson posted. Oh, Dustin posted it. That's it. Yeah. Oh man, it's like where is he wow. at? I see this in the in uh, Waco. Waco. Yeah. Yeah, there was a crane one. Do you guys see that crane one where they're pulling that crane down? They're pulling that piece of metal down, and it would just bounce. The crane operator lost control of it, and no one had a tagline. There was no yeah. tag, and the thing was just skipping across the new curtain wall, just, just oh. breaking flat. Oh, I did see that. Yes. Oh, yes. man. <laughs> yeah, taglines. Crazy yeah. stuff. Yeah, good to use a tagline. Yeah, pretty important. <laughs> yeah, Chris, you got to reach out to Max and Dustin and get them on this. Yeah, I totally will, man. I've never seen Dustin around um, in the group. I don't know if he comes around here. He's Hollywood, yeah. man. Yeah, there I you know. Go. He's yeah, big time. Big time. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. I understand. He can wear his sunglasses, you know. If he wants mm -hmm. to. <laughs> but yeah, definitely, Max. I have to get an axe on here. He's he'd love it. He'd eat it up. Yeah, yeah. He'd eat it up. What else are we talking about? Absolutely. Are you how you uh, outfitting the inside of your vans? Like, what kind of racks are you using inside your vans? We you just. We just built, the, it's not an A-frame, it's just one. So we're putting the glass against one side, got wooden rack there, carpeted the floor. It comes with the rubberized one from Ford, right? It's outfitted mm -hmm. that way. Yeah. Put a, a two by 12 carpeted it. And then what I've got is uh, the strap racks. So we're, we're sitting the glass on the side, sliding them in. I bought these four by eight sheets of, of cardboard and we put them between every single panel. And then we just take the big strap and, and clamp it in. Oh, cool. That's 90, 95% of our glass. So the guys are taking two to three jobs a day. Yeah. To tell them your methodology for setting up your vans. Oh, <laughs> the reason I did it is when I started in Massachusetts, I was hiring part-time guides and they were firefighters. And the firefighters up there also drove the ambulances. And they had a big deal that every single ambulance they were in had to be set up identically. So that if they, somebody called out and had to jump in another ambulance and it was an emergency, they knew exactly where every item was. There was no second guessing. So we set our trucks up the exact same way. Every bin is identical. Mm -hmm. So my manager, he can inventory the trucks in the morning and he knows that this drawer has these screws in it. And wow. this bin should have these hinges in it on every single truck. Then we set up our inventory sheets that way, and he just double checks everybody, makes sure that they're stocked. But every truck is absolutely identical. Yeah, that's yeah, that's good to do it that way. I, I got vans because um, a rolling glass shop in the beginning, when I was just a one man guy back in the day, you know, you can have everything locked up in your van, um, you know, and keep all everything in there, not have to worry about locking it up outside or getting weathered. Uh, mm -hmm. and if it's raining, all your glasses inside and all that, and it just keeps everything nice and clean. So. Brandon's partner out in Denver, um, is, was an EMS, uh, for 10 years. Um, so he, his mindset is the same. So as we've been growing out here, we've been trying to replicate the same. And then I went back to Austin and did exactly what you're saying, Bill. Um, 
it's hard to battle the guys. I think that's what Brandon still at Phoenix lets the guys kind of run a little bit different because they really like to rig their own trucks out and stuff like that. And um, that's been my battle with that is because we've always let them rig their trucks out. And a lot of, we've been making a big transition from commercial to residential. And my commercial guys that are used to commercial, they like having all of their tools, like all of their tools, you know? <laughs> um, they're not gonna get into one of those situations and not have that. And I'm like, dude, we're installing shower doors and wine cellars and mirrors. Like you can leave that stuff at home. The truck is rigged out. Like you don't need all that. And they're bringing pack out after pack out, strapping them in the bed of the trucks. And like, yeah, it's uh, um, so that's been a hard transition is getting them to like, hey, the truck's rigged out. Yeah, I'm just gonna bring my stuff just in case. You know, I'll have it there too. I might need my vinyl roller. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. <laughs> Security blanket. I don't know how many of you guys read business books and how to scale a business and things, but you know, in business, there's what they call the three P's and it's, and it's pretty much the same for every business. It's people, product and process, right? But you got to have a product that everybody wants to buy. I think our industry has that. You got to have the right people and then you have to have a process and the process is where most businesses are lacking. If you're not organized, you don't have a process, you can't scale it. Right. And that's where I struggled for many, many years, not having a set process. So when Chase is saying how this guy wants to bring his own tools and this, that he's changing what the company culture is. If everyone buys into the process, it'll go smoothly. But when he starts making changes and doing it his way, because that's the way they used to do it in another glass shop, mm -hmm. or you got to use my tools. That's where it gets disorganized. You don't go to a McDonald's in Colorado and find it different than the Colorado in New York or Florida. The McDonald's are the same because they follow the process and that's what makes it, that's what makes it successful. I think mine was more like, I, I took over my uncle's company. That's a 35 year old company. So it's taking over a business and bringing in new ideas and transitioning somebody from the old way. It's not like he's a new hire. These are guys that have been there for 20 plus years and then trying to, Hey, I'm the new kid on the block. It's my company. Now I run it a certain way. We're going to get more strategic and more process driven um, and breaking those old habits with inside that has been more my challenge. There's a really good book for anybody that likes to read um, that I I just finished uh, systemology uh, really good book for systems yeah, uh, that's perfect because your business can't you're you can never scale your business without systems and you and then if you don't have systems you have you're involved in your business so once you build your business to have systems you're able to step back and let your business run yeah you can have a favorite book, go ahead you have a favorite book uh traction uh, mm -hmm. Traction by Gene Wickman. Yep, there you go. <laughs> yeah. This is the book I'm reading right now. Just now the, fo the, the follow up is Entrepreneurial Leap. Entrepreneurial Leap. Yeah, know. same guy, Gene Wickman. Did you guys do EOS, Bill? I got, I got it right here. Um, I haven't read it yet. Is that the who? Right? That the Craig is that the book called the Who EOS. EOS is based on traction. Yeah, yeah that's, that, like the that's system inside there. That's the whole system he sets up to evaluate employees, making sure they're in the right seat. Another on good one on if you like that one, a really good one by Vern Harnish for scaling is scaling up. 
Um, yeah. he, breaks, he breaks it down. That's a very good book. People, strategy, yeah. execution, and cash. Yeah. Um, and if you want my favorite book of all time, since we're talking books, um, it would be this guy right here. Come on, Art of the Deal. No. <laughs> Art of the Deal, yeah. Play, play, play bigger. Um, 2024. This one's uh, next level. It'll get your brain thinking um, totally different outside of the norm. Nice. Uh, open up that that one's really, really good for big thinkers. Getting intellectual for glass guys, aren't we? Yeah, it's fun though, because these are like, you know, when you work with, you talk to just your employees all day, it's hard to get into these conversations, but all of us here, owners driving towards the same goal. So, I mean, we all have a lot of things in common. It's nice to have these conversations. So I've been reading on a lot of the other Facebook groups. Are you, anyone experienced shortage in glass? No. Not yet. Not, Not yet. yet. Frosted, frosted glass in Colorado, but none of our other locations. Rain, rain glass. I heard something about rain glass. Um, rain glass is kind of a little shortage. Yeah, I, I was listening to guys that are having a hard time getting three-eighths clear. Yeah, yeah that's that's, I saw that too. too. I, I saw that too, and I'm like, hmm. I haven't heard from anybody. Oh, all right. Uh, Glass show, who's going? It's going to be in Atlanta live this year. Yeah, I'll be there. there. They announced it? Yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah. I thought they would have skipped Atlanta and did it in Vegas since they skipped Vegas because of COVID. But I guess I would have thought Vegas would have opened up live before Atlanta. But well, September? I'll be there. Uh, October, I think. Is it October? I thought it was September. I thought they would have skipped Atlanta and did it in Vegas since they skipped Vegas. I don't know why. Somebody's on bad Yeah, that's that's Tim. Um, Take care of that, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> keeping an eye on it. <laughs> uh, I think I thought it was October, but I'll have to check. But yeah, it's supposed to be live. It'd be great, Chris, if you could get us together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it I sounds don't know. like we were all there. So yeah, yeah. I was there last time by myself. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I'll. I'll go to Atlanta. Um, you know, if if it was in Vegas, I'd, I probably would, but I, I'm not sure. We'll we'll have to see. Play it by ear. Why, why not Atlanta? Just you know, it's too far away. Or six hour flight. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, I have this problem with conformity, so it's like um, I probably won't be able to get on a flight. <laughs> yeah, because I don't play. I don't play along very well mm -hmm. by, then it might, by then you might be like fine um, September 12th to September 15th it is September okay you would drive to Vegas Chris yeah yeah drive to Vegas I'll drive to Atlanta so. yeah how far are you from Atlanta six hours yeah yeah it's easy yeah absolutely yeah well, we could just road trip, Chris. I'll come pick you up. And we'll just That'd be awesome, over, man. You know, or we'll get the RV. We'll get in the RV and just like do a cross country tour, stop at everybody's shop on the way. Now you're talking. Now you're talking my language. Road trip. Yeah, there you, go. you know, uh, like I was saying, Tom Whitaker was in my place yesterday and he's had a glass group. Oh, I'd say for 10 years where I think there's 20 guys in the group. And what they do is each year go to the, one of the guys in a group shop and they'll all meet there and then go play golf. It's kind of cool where you get to see other guys' business and you can pick certain things that you like and then you're going to learn from them also. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a neat thing. You get groups together here. And you heard that. 
I heard that somewhere. I forget what other industry I saw that in that someone else was doing something like that. Yeah, it's what they call best practices, right? You just talk mm -hmm. about the best things that work and what worked for you and what doesn't work for you. And you can we learn talked about doing right. something like that, even just like a mastermind of some kind or just meeting up somewhere for like a three day intensive where you kind of like go over best practices, like what's working, but like walk out of there with like an action plan on, um, you know, attacking a certain goal or something like that. Sounds like you sound like quarterback chance. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Do it. Do an owner's, owner's retreat, man. We need it. Let's yeah, do that'd it. Be good. That'd well, be you want to go somewhere where we got like a like a big mansion everyone stays at or more of a resort style place everyone rents a room? Yeah, I like that. Either way. Hot. Hot Either place. way. I like the first option myself. Big mansion? Yeah, mm -hmm. it's the private, you know. Get like something with like 15 rooms. Everyone gets a private room. Yeah. To the beach. Just go to Bill's house. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Absolutely. Yeah, they uh, go out on a party boat. Okay. There we go. I, I used to have oh, a yeah. cigar lounge, and we used to throw a party every year called Smoke on the Water. And I'd <laughs> rent the biggest yacht on South Shore Harbor, um, and then you had to buy a ticket to get on and you got all kinds of cigars, but everyone would be smoking. So this big yacht would be going and smoke would just be barreling out of the top of this thing. Um, and it, we'd have a live band and everything, but it was really cool. Like people would fly down from New York and um, we had a lot of people in, from Florida that own some other really big shops or own cigar companies. And it was a great party every year. So I'd love to do something like that for glass. <clears throat> that get it done. Cool. Yeah. Ooh. That sounds awesome. I'm going to put it together and got you guys votes. All right, cool. I'm in. All right. Hey, Chris, I'm going to give you guys another tip for, for marketing that's turned out really well. Okay. Uh, especially if anyone's living near golf areas. Like if you're a member of Chambers, Chamber of Commerce or any of these organizations, the Building Association, they always have golf tournaments. Uh, what we do is I go to them and I say, if you want to raise some money, you know, you got your 50-50 raffle and you get your typical stuff. Let's have some fun. And we have a contest called Break the Glass. And what we'll do is we'll get a realtor's sign and we'll insert glass there and put a sign behind it, bring it to the driving range, put it out about 30 yards. So they got to hit a low stinger and break the glass. So I'll bring maybe 20 sheets of quarter inch plate glass and then put it in there. And the guys just have, they'll throw $5, $5. I want to break it. I want to break it. And it's a hell of a money raise, but you put your sign behind it. So you know, Showcase Innovations presents Break the Glass. So all you get your sign guy, put a little foam board behind it, and then you just quarter inch clear and just stick it in these little realtors stick in the ground signs. On big tournaments, you could set up three locations on the driving range, put a plastic tarp or a, a moving blanket underneath it. So if the glass falls, just let it fall. And at the end, you just kind of roll it up, put it in a barrel and take it out. But it costs you like one person's got to stay there and man it. But the advertising you get out of it is amazing. That's cool. Very inexpensive. I like that one. I heard uh, oh, we use a house call pro. Um, and we're, I'm in a, for our service group and they have like a whiteboard Wednesday. That's kind of like what we're doing here for the glass business. But someone gave a good marketing tip on there the other day um, where they took a gift card or a prepaid card, Visa card, they go down to the local coffee shop or something like that. And they say, hey, we just want to buy a random 
customers drinks and they'll preload the card with like a hundred bucks on it take their sticker um and that he made little stickers that said hey your drink was free thanks to you know showcase shower doors and they'll put them on every few cups and as that cup comes out if it has the sticker on it it's like hey your drink is free don't worry about it and it has their sticker on it and then he handed out so he went around to local coffee shops all the local mom and pop shops and worked those deals out and he said it's doing like five what his google ads are doing as far as roi um, pretty cool dude that's brilliant man it is brilliant and so they, they notice you're a local company. They like it. They already got a free gift. So now they trust you. They're going to look you up. And even, you know, if they don't need you, they're going to refer you to somebody. So I really liked that one. Um, I'll, give you the class I like too. I'll give you a simple one that my wife and I have done. You know, everybody wears the company shirts, right? You all have got them logoed. But I don't know how many guys put it, their website on their back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because when you're standing in line, that's when people are staring at you. So if you're mm -hmm. standing at line at wherever, whether it was a theater, going out to dinner, whatever you wear it, and it's on the back, they'll concentrate on it. Mine say, are you looking at my glass? And then it has our website underneath. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, this, this stuff is priceless, man. Yes. I mean, this this is some awesome, awesome information, man. If you're, if you guys are out there watching, good for you, man. This. You're smart to be here right now. Oh, it's good marketing stuff. Yeah. That that um that free drink thing, dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go put that that's in the in a small town like yours, Chris, in Santa Cruz, where it's real quaint like that. Yeah. That's like the ideal market for that. Like a huge city, you'll get swallowed up. You might still get some recognition, but like one of those local towns like that, that would, that's a money maker right there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Love it. Well, hey guys, uh, it's about 6.28. I'm gonna wrap it up so I can go have my dinner at 6.30. <laughs> Any last thoughts? Uh, thank you guys uh, so much for always hopping on here. I enjoy these weekends. It's like my, my new buddies, you know? Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for hopping on. All right, good night, everybody. Hey, good night. Take it easy, everyone. Hey, this is Chris Phillips, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. You may want to join the Shower Door Professionals group on Facebook. Just go to Facebook and search for Shower Door Pros, and you'll find us. I look forward to seeing you.